You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about conventions. Yes, with quarantines lifting and with people able to get into social situations again, a lot of conventions are opening up. Now, of course, there are various uh, requirements that they have, whatever, but the fact of the matter is people can go to cons again, so that's what we're going to talk about this week. Now, I know last week I implied that it was going to be the Black Widow episode this week, but I realized, looking at the dates, and because I missed a week a few weeks back, that if I didn't put this one out now, it was going to come out after Dragon Con, and I really wanted this one to come out before Dragon Con, so I swapped the order with Black Widow. Black Widow's coming out next week. I do apologize for that, but that's where we are. So just in my regular geeky updates, Beth and I are still watching Gundam Origin. I feel like the series has improved a lot since that first episode. I'm really enjoying it, and I really enjoy how they're even riffing on things like the music for the original Gundam series. There are a lot of really nice callbacks, and I can't wait to see how it ends. We only have one more episode left, and I'm really looking forward to that. We're also still watching Into the Badlands, although I think Beth might be out now because there was an episode that children were threatened and Beth never can really handle that, so I think she might be done on that. Still enjoying The Expanse, really enjoying Continuum. It's a very fun time travel series. It's not quite as good as Travelers uh, as far as the time travel aspect, but I'm really enjoying the show. It really gives me a lot of nostalgic feels for time tracks. And it's just really, really good. So that's a show I really recommend for just about anyone. If you've never seen Continuum before, check it out. I think you'll probably like it. But that's all I have for now. So here we go, going into the podcast already in progress. Let's talk to our caster this week. So first up, he's the man you love to hate. He's the guy that hates Pluto. That is Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. And, uh, Hate is such a strong word. I am completely indifferent to Pluto. It, you know, it <laughs> might as well not even exist as far as I'm concerned. Oh, <laughs> oh. <sighs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I don't. I mean, I don't need to say anything more. Everyone on the internet is already judging you. Oh yeah, because you know, if it's on the internet, it must be true. <laughs> <You know? That's laughs> All right, so uh, so what's been going on for you since the last time you were on, Ryan? Oh, I honestly can't tell. You, I can't remember the last time I was on. So either a lot or a little, you know. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, n- nothing much. Just uh, it's raining here, so I'm just trying to stay dry. I, mean, I just walk through the rain. That's how that's how mm. important and how dedicated I am to this podcast. That I ran through the rain uphill, you know, to be here. both ways, both ways, exactly. And it was like <laughs> okay. Four feet deep, the rain, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you guys, are, yeah, 
it sounds like you guys are getting a lot of rain yeah uh, well i mean it's uh on the plus side it's cooling things off so you know I, i'm not gonna yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah we're in 60 degree weather now oh, uh nice. but it's gonna go back up to the 90s uh tomorrow so enjoying it while we can yeah exactly yeah i mean it's a trade-off but i'm it's one i can live with at the moment you know all right yeah. and are you going to dragon con this year okay so like if you'd ask <laughs> god <laughs> if you asked me that uh a week ago my answer would be like 90 percent yes um Right now, everyone in my group is vaccinated and we're all good to go. But I am a little concerned about the Delta variant. I'm keeping my eye on that, uh, see how things go. Like right now, I'm like 70, 75% sure. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, because yeah. Dragon Con is going to be a Petri dish. Yeah, kind of. You know? right. <laughs> I'm not necessarily, I like to say, I mean, you know, without getting all into it or whatever, I'm not concerned about me per se or, or anyone in our group. We are, but there's always that chance. Right. So, you know, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but right, I'm ca I'm cautious. I would label myself cautiously optimistic. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, like my situation is, I have a kid who's under twelve who can't be vaccinated, so there's yeah. no way I'm going near Dragon Con. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, know, you got two. You're fine. <laughs> oh, oh man. All right. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, right? <laughs> Good to be back. <laughs> Gonna move away from that topic. <laughs> All, right. All right. So uh, next up, um, that is uh, my friend. That's probably my oldest friend now. Um, she is a cosplayer, and that is well. She told me not to say that anymore because she uh, she hasn't done it in a while. So I don't know. I don't know. How do I introduce you now, no, Angie? I can be a cosplayer again. I'm okay. Fine, but... All right. So she's a cosplayer <laughs> and that is my friend, Angie. How are you doing, Angie? I'm doing really well. Really well. I'm glad to be back. I can rant about cons for, I don't know. How long are we recording? 90 minutes? I can squish it in there. All right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what's been going on for you since the last time you were on? Um. Well, my husband is transferring back to the East Coast, so we're mostly just prepping to to leave. Um, so mostly just playing tabletop games, watching Loki, planning my cos my closet cosplays because the uh, the guest list at our local con has gone from pretty cool to basically I have to go. Um, I have a four year old, so like I'm. <laughs> They're not, the rest of the family can't come, but I'm going to the local con this summer. <laughs> um, but that means, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of, of cosplays ready. So I'm going through all my wigs and figuring out what I can do. Okay. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so is Chris art like actually on the East coast right now or. No, no, he's transferring to their Pennsylvania office uh, in November. So we're just prepping and going to sell the house and move okay. out there basically i'm going to go to the con and then get on a plane to go find where i'm going to go live <laughs> okay. when is that con september okay yeah that is the con that caused the whole kerfluffle with uh the name comic con isn't it i know you asked me on this cast i'm going to complain for a long time but i haven't been to dragon con so i'll be silent that whole time Okay. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back on the show, Angie. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. All right. Uh, next up uh, is uh, is the mayor of Chicken Town herself, and that is Felicity. How are you doing, Felicity? I'm doing okay. Um, we've had we have another rainy holiday weekend coming up. That seems to be our fate. Mm. It's been 
you know, hot and sunny during June, but Memorial Day was a washout and looks like 4th of July will be too. Mm, so uh, anything, anything exciting going on over there? Well, you know, during, uh, during quarantine, our main excitement has come from our bird feeder and observing the birds and other critters who come around our yard. Um, we haven't, I, I love bunnies, wild bunnies more than just about anything. So mm. very happy to see a, a wild bunny has developed a taste for bird seed and is a frequent visitor to our yard. The other day he, he, he and the uh, squirrel were getting pretty feisty with each other. So, you know. Mm. We get, we find excitement where we, where we can. Yeah. Well, no, let me tell you, you know, so I live just outside of Milwaukee. I mean, literally the next town over from Milwaukee. And I was shocked that in as urban an area as I live, because it's all city. I mean, my next door neighbor, like there's like six feet of yard and then it's their house. Right. And like we get all kinds of things from rabbits to deer just walking through our yard. And I just I mean, the lake is not far away. Like we're like a mile from Lake Michigan. And that, you know, and along the coastline, you know, it's not built up, you know, it's all natural, but still I'm surprised the deer make their way through all the streets and everything that they have yeah. to, to get up here. <laughs> they do. So it's kind of interesting sometimes because I'm not used to that because even like living in South Carolina, whatever, it's a very rural area, you'd see little things like you'd see raccoons and squirrels and stuff, but you don't see like deer just walking through your yard. So this is, this has been kind of an interesting, you know, place to live. And I uh, will be going to Dragon Con this year, um, probably. <laughs> I mean, right now that's what I'm planning on. I registered and I have uh, airfare, basically because I had to kind of use up these points before they expire. <laughs> mm. No, I get it. Yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, it's. Yeah. It, it's so crazy right now because as the news comes, like it seems like the world changes on an almost weekly basis. So it's like, it's like what Ryan was saying, like he was really sure he was going to drag yeah. it Now it's like the changing the probabilities and you know, so. It is it's still very hard to plan ahead, but I'm hoping to, uh, hoping to get back to traveling to cons occasionally. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, Felicity. Thank you. You're welcome. And next up is somebody new to the 42 cast. I met her while doing a video panel on Captain America and the, uh, I'm sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, you can call it either one because it ends <laughs> with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but uh, for, uh, for Dragon Con, and that is Allie Martin. Allie, welcome to the 42 cast. Hi, it's great to be here. And uh, so, yeah, since this is your first time on the show, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I am a writer and a freelance editor. Um, I mostly write science fiction, um, very little bit of fantasy as well. Um, and like, I'm just a huge nerd. <laughs> You're in good company then. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, what, what, what would you say is your primary fandom? Um, right now, I am super into everything Marvel. Um, but like heart of hearts, deep in my soul lies Stargate SG-1. Mm. Um, so like, you'll take the Stargate from me out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> yeah, my dog is actually named Braytac. Is an excellent name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought so. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, ever since my wife and I, we watched SG-1, we were like, you know, because we were planning ahead that we would get a dog someday, and we're like, yeah, if it's a boy dog, we got to name Braytac because Braytac's the best character. So, when I started watching SG One, about the same time, I got a new MacBook, so of course I had to name it Cell Mac because 
that's great. <laughs> but yeah, I have definitely done all of the Stargate names and stuff for various things and pets and <laughs> No, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we kind of mix up our fandoms because we said if we got a female dog, it would be Delenn from Babylon 5. Yeah, yeah. And my computer is the Defiant, but uh, my network is Gallifrey. So, I mean, it's <laughs> like it's every sci-fi thing you can throw in is somewhere in the, in the house. Oh, yeah. Whatever the current thing that is most on my mind, whenever the a new device is purchased, that mm. is what the name is. So, my, my iPad is the newest thing, and so it is named Bucky. Oh, Nice. And it's exactly my pattern as well. I've, every time I get a new computer, the the hard drives are uh, whatever I'm currently obsessed with. And I do mm -hmm. that for my, you know, my wallpaper too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Allie, it is good to have you on the 42 cast. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. So next up is our five minute controversy. And uh, for those who are new to the show, what that is, is that's just a way to get us to loosen up before we talk about our topic and also gives you a window into something that we, you know, how we feel about something that's going on right now and sort of geeky news. And so what I wanted to talk about this time, even though it is a little bit old now from our time of recording, but there's still sort of like, you know, the fan discussions going on about it is the trailer for the Eternals. And, you know, the trailer hit and uh you know a lot of people started saying like man this seems so boring this is gonna be like you know marvel's mistake like you know it just doesn't look good and then on the other hand there are people like man like these people knew about you know uh infinity war they knew about thanos coming they didn't do anything and like how are you going to justify them acting now when they didn't do anything about thanos and you know nobody's going to care about these people and you know blah 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 so i'm kind of curious while everybody feels about that like do you think that this is like uh like a mistake on marvel's part you know to do this um and uh and you know do you think that you know it's just going to be a bad movie based on this trailer so uh let's go in reverse order so ali let's start with you um marvel projects in general i am willing to give a lot of leeway and just kind of let it be its own thing um because the there's definitely been ones that i was not expecting um, Guardians being the, fir the first Guardians that came out, I was not expecting it to be a thing. And then when that first trailer hit, I was like, oh no, wait, hold on, I'm all in. Um, and the reason why I bring up Guardians is because I also had no idea what Guardians was before the movie came out. Eternals, I kind of know them. Well, I mean, like I know what Eternals are, but I don't know these characters at all. Um, so I'm willing to come in with a sort of fresher, it will be what it will, whatever it will be, and it will be new to me, and that's fine. Um, as to the controversies of like, what were they doing? I would like to point out that in Endgame, we saw the Ancient One fighting in the Battle of New York. So it could be that they were also fighting off screen. And so it, it could just be that sort of situation. And so I'm willing to wait and find out what explanation they have. I'm sure that they will give us an explanation though. And if they don't, they will eventually because somebody will complain about it and then some director will tell us. <laughs> all right. Um, Felicity, what do you think about all this? I'm uh, in the same position as Allie with regards to kind of knowledge of the Marvel Universe. And, and I basically all my Marvel knowledge comes from the movies. Um, I grew up on the Super Friends and I married a big DC nerd. So Marvel's kind of out of out of my uh out of my sphere of uh i don't of hold knowledge. it against you <laughs> so and 
also there's the fact that I don't seek out trailers. Mm. If they come across my, you know, if I happen to be in the right mood when I see a link to it, I'll watch it. Um, and so I, you know, I saw it and I just didn't really have a lot of thoughts about it. I like to wait and judge things until I actually see them. And um, like Ali, I I didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. In fact, I thought the trailer looked kind of stupid, but I love that movie pretty much more than anything in the whole <laughs> the whole uh, Infinity Saga. So I'm prepared to be, um, you know, I'm prepared to be intrigued by this new kind of, you know, new section of the Marvel Universe that I don't know much about. Go wait and see. All right. And uh, Angie? I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's dumb to ask where the heck they were. I'm assuming that the movie will tell us. Uh, so complaining about it before it comes out is dumb. That said, um, yeah, the trailer's really boring. And uh, I don't... <laughs> I, I don't like gods like I they're not that interesting to me and so you know I'm I'm not that's why I'm not that into DC these guys seem like they're basically the super friends like uh, you know all this all-powerful cre- what do, I don't care about all-powerful creatures their struggles are not my struggles <laughs> um, but I, I'll go watch it I mean I just find it so interesting compared to like the Shang-Chi trailer which I know nothing about Shang-Chi either but man I'm excited for that movie after watching that trailer like, I am stoked I know nothing about him the Eternals I'm like oh okay well your outfits are alright I guess like- <laughs> oh I like that uh, based it on the outfits um, yeah no I mean it's funny because I come at it as somebody who grew up you know because the, the X-Men and Spider-Man cartoons of the 90s are what got me to read comics, so I came in from the Marvel direction, and so it's interesting to me being familiar with these characters, even though they were never big characters when I was reading comics, and just sort of like looking at these trailers. Uh, but uh, but Ryan, let's get your take on this. What do you think about uh, you know the, the Eternals trailer, what people are saying about it? I mean, I, I think it's yeah. honestly mostly people looking for a fight, you know? I, I, at this point in time, if you go in and see one trailer and you think this is Marvel's failing, how could they come greenlit this or whatever? <laughs> you don't know Marvel. You know, this, is this the very first Marvel movie you've ever seen? Um, it just it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, I, I've been I, I give it the credit of it's a Marvel <laughs> movie. They have enough faith with me that I'm like willing to take like a wait and see. Was the trailer the most exciting? No. Was it boring? No, I mean it was it was okay. It was an okay trailer, and it, but it's got a lot to do. It's got the Guardians of the Galaxy is a good comparison because it's got it does it has to introduce basically an entirely new branch of the universe, you yeah. know, uh, a new mythos. Just how how Guardians introduced the entire cosmos, basically. Um, this has to introduce, yeah, the Eternals and the history of of uh, the MCU, basically. So I mean, I'm taking I'm really taking like a, a wait and see. I don't find it that big a deal on this one to just to hold off and, and see um where it goes and i'm not i'm i've i read x-men and avengers and so forth so i was always tangentially aware of the eternals <laughs> but i've never like really read much about them to begin with but like black knight i'm definitely aware of him and how important he is uh in the mcu so i'm like yeah okay so let's just see see where it goes uh, um <laughs> literally every time you know whether it's like a Falcon and Winter Soldier or some other trailer that just doesn't do it for someone and they're like this is going to be terrible I'm like is it though 
you know, I mean, let, let's just, let's just, <laughs> let's just see. They, they've, they've earned, I feel like I've made the same comment with, with, with Spider-Man Far From Home or whatever. It's just, let's just wait and see. Marvel's earned that, you know? They, they haven't screwed up anywhere near enough yet for me to just immediately condemn uh, something based on one trailer. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's kind of where I'm sitting too, because, like, I mean, Ant Man's another example of a movie that Ant-Man. I kind of looked at the trailer and was like, I mean, I didn't feel like the trailer was boring, but at the same time, I was like, it's Ant Man. I mean, that's a character that, like, <laughs> I- I've never seen the appeal of Ant Man, you know? <laughs> but I mean, gosh darn, that, that first Ant Man movie is excellent. <laughs> like, I love it, you know? And so. Especially considering the trouble they had with that one behind the scenes. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know. That was the other thing that was scary about that one is it's like yeah. oh man with all like the change of directors and everything like is this gonna be awful but yeah no i mean and that worked but um the other thing is you know beyond the track record of marvel and everything is it's like i also think of the fact that feige is really smart about how he markets things and you know like we know that he, they've even put in fake scenes and stuff into trailers because of just them trying to conceal plot you know elements from the movie or or altering scenes or doing things like that so like i'm wondering if it's like this is like they can't give anything like if they put more in the trailer they'd be giving away aspects of the plot so while i get that the trailer was kind of boring it definitely isn't what i was kind of expecting from the trailer I also kind of am like, I don't really care because throughout my life, I have seen, like, I watched three Star Wars prequels trailers and was excited for each movie. Each time, like, the second and third one, they fooled me into thinking they fixed it because I saw the trailer and I was like, they fixed it. And then I went and saw the movie and it's like, they didn't fix it. <laughs> you know? And so yeah. you can do that with trailers. And then on the other side, I thought Star Trek Beyond was going to be the worst Star Trek film of all time because the trailer was awful. And then I saw the movie and I was like, this is actually the best of the new Trek movies. Like, (laughs) you know, like this is the one that really gets what Star Trek is about. And so again, it's one of those things where like trailers are not a good barometer for how a movie is going to be. They should be, but based on whoever is deciding like what the cut of the trailer is and everything, like it can, it can deflect you so far on what the actual movie is going to be. So I think relying on the track record for Marvel is probably the better course. Yeah. That, um, as far as overall. Let's be honest. I mean, let's be honest, like beings that are tens of thousands of years old, they're going to be the most boring individuals ever. Really? <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's, it's you know. all I really knew about this movie in advance of seeing the trailers. Oh, this is the one Camille Nanjani got really buff for. So, you know, I'm on board just for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I get people's point about like them, like how are you going to create a threat that's like, oh, we're gonna act on this, but we didn't act, you know, against Thanos when he came to Earth, but we'll see. I mean, maybe they might justify it well, you know, like, and, 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 you know, they knew that this movie was coming. It was on the schedule. So I can't believe that yeah. they didn't think about that aspect of it. So I'll just give it the benefit of the doubt. Let the movie come out first. Like I honestly, again, I know nothing about these characters whatsoever, but you know, it, it seems to me from just the, the stuff that I've read that, that whatever the threat is, is directly related to them. And it may very well be that they had no intention of ever interfering, but they brought this on the planet, so they're going to take care of it. Like, the movie hasn't come out yet, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 
Well, you know, I mean, people complain about everything. They complain about <laughs> casting and everything else before movies come out. So, you yeah. know, like, the Batman is going to be the worst movie ever because Robert Pattinson <laughs> is Batman in it. Hey, we got to get our money's worth. <laughs> right. Until you see it, you don't know. So anyway, all right. So yeah, we're all kind of, I figured we'd all be in agreement on this one, but <laughs> I figured it is something that's in the news. It is something, you know, worthy of talking about, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be covering Eternals. I can't remember who's, who's going to be on that one, but we'll be covering Eternals uh, in November. So, um, you know, come back to the 42 cast to see what we think after we've actually seen the movie. <laughs> All right, but uh, yes, but before we start talking about cons, we're going to pause for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast. DragonCon 2021 is scheduled for Labor Day weekend, and whether it's an in-person event or once again goes virtual, the DragonCon Report podcast crew will cover the con right up to the big event. So sit back with your bucket of brown, dragon's mead, apple pie, or whatever your beverage of choice, and tune in to the latest news, notes, interviews, discussions, and even a dragon tale or two on the Dragon Con Report, a proud member of the ESO Network. Check us out at dragonconreport.com. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. And we're back. And uh, like we talked about at the top of the show, um, we are going to talk about conventions. Uh, I wanted to talk about this because um, I've been going to cons now for 20 plus years. I've gone to, con I mean, oh, actually, it's even longer than that. If you count like the little one day cons that I went to when I lived in South Carolina. Um, but, um, you know, I've been going to cons for quite a while and the experience is really different you know, depending on, you know, what kind of con you go to, it could be a genre thing. It could be a size of the con thing. You know, there's a lot of different things that change the flavor of cons. And, you know, typically in the past, when I've heard people talk about conventions, that tends to be kind of a monolithic, you know, thing, you know, like, you know, this is, these are what cons are like. And, you know, I, I don't think it is that way. So I kind of wanted to say like, you know, like what we, you know, I kind of wanted to talk to people about like different con experiences, but also like sort of tips on, you know, how for people to approach cons. Cause I also have quite a few friends who have never been to any cons. I have some friends who have never been to a big con. They've only been to small local cons. And especially with the idea of like, well, you know, what if some, somebody's first time at like a dragon con, right like what you know what is that like you know and how is that different like because i don't think any con really prepares you for dragon con because even like an s you know san diego comic-con or a new york comic-con even though i haven't been to those from from what i've heard from people who have been to those it's a very different experience even though the size is is relatively the same as dragon con so uh i you know i just wanted to talk to people about their con experiences so um I'll kind of start off though. I, I mentioned that 
you know, I, you know, went to some one day cons in South Carolina that were like comic cons in the sense that it was like one room with like, you know, a dozen dealers, you know, selling comics and maybe like one local guest. And it would be like in a hotel, you know, somewhere and you would just go, you'd look at the, you know, different dealers, you'd buy your comics. And, you know, that was pretty much the whole experience. And, you know, it wasn't until I was in my 20s when I was able to go to, you know, because I had my own car that I was able to go to cons on my own and actually drive a distance. Because in those days, South Carolina didn't have real cons. Now there's like a South Carolina Comic Con and I'm so envious. But, um, <laughs> you know, I have to drive to North Carolina or Georgia to go to an actual, you know, convention of some kind. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I started going to anime cons, um, you know, in my 20s, did quite a few of those. And... You know, now uh, Dragon Con is kind of the one that I try to hit as much as I can. I've also been to the Gallifrey uh, Doctor Who convention in California back during when there was no Doctor Who on the air. And it's probably a very different thing now that it's back. But I haven't had the ability to go to all the way to California uh, since the show's been back. But I go to Chicago TARDIS, which is our sort of our local Doctor Who uh, convention on an annual basis. So, um, you know, and again, it's very different experiences at all of those places. But I just kind of wanted to give like an overview of like what I've experienced. Um, Angie, what about you? Um, yeah, where did I? Well, I guess the place to start is that my mom is like an unconscious nerd. Like she's the geekiest person in the world, but she doesn't know it. And so when I was growing up, I was very sheltered, but like I learned to sew from my mom. We made our Halloween costumes every year. Like she's into this stuff. She just didn't know anything about the broader culture. So when I was growing up, you know, the only things that I even really knew about were like Star Trek conventions. And to me, and even now to this day, I kind of get a little bit like, I, I don't want to say bored, but the idea of having a convention dedicated to like one show even something like star trek that spans you know several shows seemed a little bit it didn't it didn't have as big of a draw for me so my very first convention that i went to was katsukara 98 i think um and my mom wouldn't let me dress up because she was terrified uh and then she quickly changed her tune and helped me make my costume for otakon which was next um so i've just been cosplaying since then basically um yeah, I, I've been to Gen Con a couple times. Uh, I did go to San Diego Comic Con in, I think, 2006, but I couldn't get tickets to anything, and there were so many people. I just kind of, like, wandered around the hall for a while. And, <laughs> um, and then our local con here that's caused all the problems uh, started in 2013, so I've been attending that, and um, that's actually ended up surprisingly being a gigantic convention. So, um, yeah, I haven't been to dragon con i was planning to go in 2016 and ended up having a baby instead um <laughs> so that's on my list and uh c2e2 is on my list so those are the ones i really want to hit um but yeah i've so what is that 19 years i've been doing conventions and yeah i think you know i love the little ones too the little one dayers that pop up and you have like a week's notice that they're coming um but yeah those are the big ones all right, and um, what about you, Felicity? Um, I was just looking back and realizing that it's been about 25 years for me. The first convention I traveled to as an adult was Visions 96, and that was actually the mm. Chicago Doctor Who Con that predated Chicago TARDIS. I think mm. that, that 98 wound up being the last one. 
Um, and it's been pretty much ever since uh, 2001, I've been going to Gallifrey almost every year. I had to skip 2019 uh, because of illness. And then, of course, 2021, this year we didn't have one. I've been to, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, eight Dragon Cons in person, plus the you know, virtual Dragon Con last year. So this year would be my ninth in-person con. If I do go to that, that's that's the biggest con I've ever been to. I've never been to anything like a, a San Diego or New York Comic Con. And I've been to, you know, so Gallifrey One, uh, like you said, Nathan, I, w I started going when the show was off the air, so it maxed out at about 750 people when I started going, and it took a little while after the show came back. I think it, was, it wasn't until um, BBC America started airing the David Tennant episodes mm. that it really, you had a resurgence in, uh, and, you know, influx of new fans uh, in the U.S., so there was a delay of a couple of years, but uh, it moved from Van Nuys to Los Angeles proper, right? You know, pretty much right near LAX. And it's, uh, they got to the point where they would cap attendance at around 3000 people, give or take, um, just because they, you know, that was the size that they're comfortable with. It's a, it's a fan run convention. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's a great size. And I've been to a convergence, in uh, Minnesota five times, I think. And that's in between. So that's maybe, you know, six or 7,000 people. Mm. And then Dragon Con is in the, you know, we never really know how many people go to Dragon Con. <laughs> but like, you know, more than 50,000, 50, I would say. So kind of all along the spectrum there. Yeah, I think I think they're like uh, the, the high 70, low 80,000s of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, trying to get like hard numbers is always difficult. But the estimates, at least, because I went in 2019, uh, uh, you know, the last one that they've had. And uh, and I think that they were estimating like in the 80,000 somewhere uh, were the numbers that I heard. Um, all right. So, um, Ryan, what about you? Yeah. Um, well, you know, just a quick note there. I've, I've heard it said that you know, every commission lies up about their number of attendees, except Dragon Con. They're the only one that lies down about uh their number and i'm sure we'll get into why that is but there's a actually you know logical reasons for that um you know uh, um iffy but logical but uh i mean i'm kind of on the same path as as you nathan as uh like the first convention that i could say you know air quote convention that i could say i went to was this thing like closed at 6 p.m you know uh in the convention center virginia beach convention center and, uh, my parents just took me. They're not nerds at all. I don't know. I didn't even know about it, but they heard about it and they just thought they'd be nice one Saturday and they took me. And I just remember walking around the dealer's room just in awe. I didn't even know that they had like panels and other rooms. And I, I, that very first one, I was like, oh, okay. I just, I spent every penny I'd earned mowing grass um, there and borrowed some to, that I hadn't earned yet. You know? Same experience. Um, exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. And then, um, but my first major con, and we've talked about this before, I, I was going to wear the t-shirt, but I couldn't find it because I actually still have it. Uh, it was from Heroes uh, yeah. Con in like, what, 96 or 95 or something like that. And 93. Sure. 
93? Was it 93? It was or 93. Sure. No, we were both at Heroes Con in 93, even though yeah. we didn't know each other at the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that is true. That is the one, like, in my teenage years that I went to that was more than a one-day or kind of thing, even though yeah. I was only there for one day. The people I went with, we just drove up for a day and just, just hit Heroes Con. And basically, we just stayed in the dealer's room anyway, so it wasn't that different of an experience other than it was a much larger dealer's room than what I was used to with those yeah. one-day ones. Yeah, it was a one-day... I mean, I, I know they were longer than one day, but it was... Yeah, same thing my family we were passing through like for whatever reason and we stopped there because it's like the halfway point and so i got to uh, wow this was amazing i had a chance to buy a copy of uh x-men number one like the from 63 or whatever for a hundred bucks but my parents wouldn't give me the money <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> I, I give them grief about that to this day you know how much would that be worth now god that could have been my, my retirement that could have paid for my college if they had you know uh done that but um yeah so then like probably i, I guess that was 93 because 97 i think was my first dragon con there was a gap there mm. uh, that I didn't do any cons that you know that was that was when i entered the period of being self-sufficient i.e didn't have parents take me any place or anything like that i had to pay for it all myself and so obviously i wasn't doing cons at that point but um, a bunch of friends that I knew from online were like, hey, we're going to this thing called Dragon Con in Atlanta. You should come. And I was like, okay, fine. So we found the way. We scrounged up the money and we went. And uh, wow. Wow. Because, you know, this was the first con I'd traveled any distance for. So I had to get a hotel, had to do it all right, discovered panel rooms for real, discovered. I mean, it was, it was, it was an experience that, that I can't even begin to describe. It changed me to the point where. I've tried to go back every year since then. I haven't always made it, but I've tried. And um, for like, what, 25 years now, um, in between so, so then. You really went from like zero to 60, from like tiny cons to yeah, just yeah. like, oh my God, the biggest, you know, <laughs> arguably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the same. The Dragon Con in 97 was not the same as it is now. As it is, no, it wasn't. As a matter of yeah. fact, it was, it was in the convention center then. Um, or America's Mart, maybe. It, but it wasn't in the hotels primarily then. Yeah, um, and not, nowhere near the same size. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But at the same time, coming from what I knew, it was still yeah. uh, orders of magnitude more. It was It was actually, like, I, I distinctly remember it. The, the difference for me, aside from just the fact that I discovered my first hotel con, was that, um, like, at uh, every other convention I went, went to, the cosplay scene was non-existent. People wore T-shirts you know, uh, funny t-shirts or, or theme t-shirts, geek t-shirts, and there'd be the occasional costume. But that first Dragon Con, even then, the cosplay scene was, especially for, you know, mid to late 90s, was incredible. I I, I, I remember being like on the second floor of of America's Mart or wherever it was, and the elevator opened, and uh, this, this um, uh, woman dressed as a demon came out with a priest on a leash. And I don't know what it was from, but it's like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing now. This is <laughs> it, it on, you know? <laughs> And yeah, I mean, I, that, but it, I got addicted right then and there. And I've tried to do, I've, I've done the more medium sized cons. Like when we moved to Arizona, uh, I did a bunch of local cons there, Westercon, Coppercon. Copper and Coppercon is a, um, literary con so it's an entirely different scene it's a way more low-key and honestly the the membership tends to skew older but i'm actually if i'm being on, really honest dragon con night two now i don't know or at least the ones i hang out with the people i hang out with um but yeah it, it, oh but in and phoenix i did phoenix comic-con 
for about 10 years, I would go to Phoenix Comic-Con every year and it was getting up there um, in size. And I don't think you're uh, legally allowed to call it that anymore, Ryan. When I went, it was Phoenix Comic-Con. After I moved back to Texas, that's when the whole lawsuits happened and they became fan fusion. You know, so I can I can legally say I had been to about ten years worth of Phoenix Comic Cons. You know, um, yeah, I've never been to a Phoenix fan fusion, but I probably would. You know, you know, time and money permitting. Okay, all right, and uh, Allie. Um, like everybody else, I started going to like the little one day things. There was something that was like a more like a collector show. I think it was called like Disneyana or something like that. My best friend growing up was obsessed with Disney. And so she basically dragged me to that. But there was also like other things They had comic books and stuff like that. So I was, you know, there for that. Um, but so that was my first experience, like with a vendor's hall. That was all that it was. Um, but then like through college, uh, we did like Megacon and FX in Orlando. And that was for me local. Um, and then in 2003 was my first Dragon Con. And that changed my life. Yes. <laughs> um, I had a very similar experience where it totally changed my life. I like the, the first time walking in, like I knew what Dragon Con was. I was aware that it existed, um, but I thought kind of like, oh, I'll go later when I, you know, have more money to, to be able to travel and that sort of stuff. And my boyfriend at the time just bought us tickets. And I was like, well, I guess we're going to Dragon Con. <laughs> and I had just started a job and this was my first job out of college. And I had to tell my boss that I needed time off to go to a science fiction convention and I was very nervous about asking her for the time off and um I so I asked I said you know I'm going to Atlanta I need the time off and she goes oh what are you going to do in Atlanta I was like um we're going to a convention and she goes like a boat show and I said no no I said it's it's geekier than that and she goes immediately is it a star trek convention and she was really excited about it and at that point i was like okay i have hired on to the correct place i like my boss <laughs> and so i was like oh no it's a science fiction convention i said it's more general and she goes are you gonna dress up and i was like no but i promise i will bring you pictures and so then from that as far as long as i was uh under her i gave her pictures of me with some celebrity <laughs> usually holding up a sign that said thanks for the day off and um that became a tradition um because i then from that point forward went to dragon con every year which i have done since 2003 um and i will be going this year actually um nice nervously yeah. uh probably not spending as much time in the crowds <laughs> But but I will be there. Um, and since then, um, I went to uh, San Diego Comic-Con in 2007. Um, and that was a whole different experience from Dragon Con. Uh, even though they're the same size, they are not the same in any way other than than like that. <laughs> they cover the same thing and that's about it. Um, but uh, San Diego Comic-Con is much more about the industry presenting to the audience and Dragon Con is 100% for fans by fans. Mm. And it is just a whole different experience. Um, and then I've also done a bunch of smaller conventions. Uh, I was extremely into Harry Potter and the Wizard Rock scene. So I've been to LeakyCon and some of their smaller ones like Infinitus um, and another one that I can never remember the name of. 
Um, and then I'm also into steampunk. So I've been to a bunch of small steampunk conventions. <laughs> Those tend to be pretty small. Uh, and then because I'm a writer, I have been to a lot of writer conferences, mostly in the Southeast. Um, it's like every single time, like something is local. I'm like, oh, I'll go to that one. I don't have to travel far. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I'm surprised because I, uh, you know, I mean, you figure because Star Trek was the first thing to actually get big cons, you know, mm -hmm. that I was expecting for, you know, Star Trek. But other than people just referencing Star Trek cons, I'm kind of surprised that like nobody's got like uh, Star Trek, you know, kind of uh, in the background there. Um, although I've kind of looked now and it seems like other than in Las Vegas, like Star Trek really doesn't have like its own con anymore. Like there are a lot of cons that comment on Star Trek, you know, that like Dragon Con that has it as part of the stuff they talk about. But uh, I haven't found other than luck. Cause I, you know, I live close to Chicago. So I try every once in a while to see like what else is going on in Chicago. Like what other cons are, you know, going on there that, you know, maybe I'd like to go to. And uh, you know, I've been to C2E2 a few times and that's a really big one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, no star trek cons you know nothing like that you know going on in chicago and so uh yeah and all that i could find really on the internet was that las vegas one that they have every year um but uh but yeah so i mean one of the things i think we all kind of mentioned were you know different john you know angie mentioned gen con you know um you know ali was mentioning like uh writers conferences and harry potter cons you know uh, i mentioned anime cons and so did angie you know i mean like there's lots of different cons that cover either a particular show particular topic you know a particular you know small thing then there are the much larger ones like the san diego comic cons and sort of the dragon con that try to encapsulate as much as they possibly can as we all kind of define as, you know, genre media or general geekery or whatever, you know, we try to come up with terminology to sort of encompass all of that. So, hmm, there's a few different ways I want to ask this. All right. So first let's talk about big versus small. Okay. What do you think is the better convention? Like, do you think people should start out at a small one first? Do you think it's better to like dive like head first into like a dragon con and then just like, you know, kind of, you know, spin off into a smaller con? What do you think is sort of like the better thing if somebody's never been to a convention before? Um, let's start with you, Ryan. Oh, see, that's a tough one. Um, I and I think the answer is probably a little bit more nuanced than, than would be expected because um, it, it depends, honestly, it depends on the con. Like if you have a specific interest and you find a con that fits that specific interest, like a Star Trek con or a Harry Potter con or, you know, whatever. And it's this tiny little thing, uh, you know, do that by all means. Um, but it, if, as far as large cons go, they're not all, not all large cons are equal, right? Um, I, I would say like, if, if it's the choice of being able to have Dragon Con be your first con or San Diego be, and I'm saying these others having never been to them. So, but Dragon Con or San Diego or New York or something like that, I would say Dragon Con, yes, the others, maybe not. Um, because the thing about Dragon Con is they have something for anyone it's 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 uh you know like it's a hundred little cons rolled into one you're just into star trek fine they got the trek now you're in just you know cosplay they've got the costuming trek science they've got science panels with people phds presenting their dissertations um they've got real astronauts there they've got uh you know robot battles um so like you can like whatever your thing is guess you know gastronomy whatever fine there's there are people there for that i mean or if you just want to 
hang out, get drunk and watch people in costume, you can do that. Uh, so it, it really just depends what you're into, but you're going to find it at Dragon Con. I cannot say that's the case at New York or San Diego. Maybe it is, um, but I, I'm, my gut feeling is that it isn't. I know that in Phoenix, they were getting there, but they weren't there yet. It was still uh, just kind of more um, corporate might be the, the vibe, I would say. Um, so yeah, if it's Dragon Con, do that first. But otherwise... It might not be a bad idea to start off local and small if you find that niche interest that works for you. Because ultimately, it's about building that community, finding your friends, your your soulmates, the other people that share this passion with you. And yeah, it's easier to do that when you're all there to see the same person or talk about the same product. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's fair. But I also think it's a little how do I say this? So like there's, there's certain generalities that I think that I can apply now being to big cons of different stripes. Like Otakon is a huge anime convention, uh, you know, so it's, 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 it's directed. It's a very specific thing, but it's different than say animazement, which was my first anime con, which is a much smaller thing, you know? And so I think that there's, you know, and C2E2, you know, and Dragon Con all kind of, even though C2E2 is very much not a fan driven con, you know, but Dragon Con is. So there's difference between, I think, sort of like the purposes of the cons, but there's also yeah. certain generalities oh. I think you can draw with like large versus small, because one of the experiences that I've had with the smaller cons is like it seems like the guests seem more comfortable at smaller yeah. cons they seem more willing to interact with the fans and on a more direct level like i've gotten hugs from celebrities at small cons you don't get that at a dragon con like they don't you, know, like you don't get that level of like personal interaction you know they they would every bone would be broken and they would have every disease you know you're you're talking i just i will make one more point and then i'll let you you know ask someone else um mm. but uh because you mentioned it and i, I think this maybe this is something else you're going to talk about as well but uh fan versus like the, a lot of the other bigger cons, especially, I won't mention any particular brand creation con, but, um, you know, they're, they're, they're profit driven, right? And so it's like, right. you know, for your first con, a small one or Dragon Con, your ticket price gets you or your membership gets you basically everything. A lot of these other cons, it's like your ticket gets you in the door, but then, oh, you want a good seat? You got to pay extra. Oh, you want this special event? You got to pay for that, you know? So I will say- Are you throwing shade at Salt Lake? That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, there's room and it's not just them, you know? Is that Phoenix Comic Con's gotten that way? I mean, uh, certainly uh, Vegas is, but yeah um dallas is god this is, they're all going the walker stalker you know but anyways yes so that's that's another factor to consider when choosing your first con right you no know, and i did want to talk about that also i mean wizard world is like a chain of cons now that they'll just pop up in a city and be like we're doing wizard world in you know dallas or chicago or wherever and this is the wizard world for this thing and it's the it's wizard magazine from back in the 90s <laughs> turned into like they stopped publishing and they're like we're gonna like just finance cons now i i don't know how they made that switch but that's what they do and yeah it's also a very you know sort of corporate structure to those cons it's a lot less personal um but uh, but yeah so what's your experience been ali with like cons as far as like big versus small and what do you think is better for the intro uh, i'm basically the dragon con pied piper I have gotten so many of my friends to come to Dragon Con. <laughs> like I went for two years 
And then in 2005, I had like eight friends with me because they're like, you've been talking about this for two years and I want to see it. <laughs> and most of them had been to some kind of smaller convention previously. Um, I think I've, I have brought at least one or two people who it was their first convention. And um, basically I was the very nice person who led them around and kind of explained like, this is how it is. I was their Dragon Con tour guide. I actually set them up. I was like, they have a tour guide for Dragon Con. Here's where you go. This is the newcomer orientation. <laughs> and so I set them up to, for, for where they could go for that. Um, but I did kind of walk them through. Um, these are the rooms that you're going to want to go to. This is where you get there. Um, so I would say one thing is wherever you go, have someone with you who will be your buddy. <laughs> I feel like the buddy system works really well for any convention. Um, and like, as opposed to large and small, like the beauty of Dragon Con is that you can absolutely be in a small convention if that's what you prefer. Um, my very first Dragon Con, I found where the Buffy track room was and I like stayed there all weekend. <laughs> and and uh, my boyfriend went to Doctor Who and we saw each other in the evening and that, <laughs> that was how that worked out. <laughs> and, um, and then for a number of years, I was um, working with the Stargate track so, of course, I basically lived there. I went and did some other things, but, you know, I was mostly there for, for all the Stargate stuff. Um, and so, you know, those experiences were very much the same as if I had gone to a one fandom um, convention, except when I got tired of it or if there was something else that was interesting me, I could go and do that, too, um, which is one of the things that I love the most about Dragon Con. Um, but, yeah, the ticket price is such a huge draw for whether or not you can afford to go um and yeah i did go to a creation con because they had stargate for a while <laughs> and i went to one and <laughs> i didn't go to any other ones <laughs> they were quite expensive to to do and um and i had a better experience at dragon con actually i saw a lot of the exact same guests at dragon con and got to have more time with them um because you know like nathan was saying about getting to hug guests versus not um dragon con between 2003 and now has changed a lot as well and there were definitely guests who i did hug in those early years who cannot do that anymore so you know that is definitely like depending upon how much interaction you want with a guest um like, yes, going to a smaller convention sometimes can get you more interaction with them just because they're not having to anticipate dealing with as many people. Um, and they may also not be as tired from dealing with as many people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like I said, I started out with, with small cons. So like, it's nice to cut your teeth on that and then prepare yourself. Um, something like Dragon Con, like, you basically need a guide. I mean, there is a reason why they have Dragon Con orientation. <laughs> and it's because it's complicated. It runs across so many hotels. It's easy to get lost, not just between the hotels, but in a hotel. <laughs> um, and it's crowded all of the time. So having someone with you or at least having some kind of guide is useful. And the time that I went to San Diego, I had friends who had been going for years. So I was able to hook up with them and get them to kind of teach me how do I go to this convention? Um, because it was another large convention and it's very, very different from Dragon Con and the way it's set up. So 
even though like there's some obvious things like there's going to be signs that tell you where to go to get your badge and then you'll know where your badge gets you access to knowing when to get the ticket to get the thing or where you like how early you need to line up or where you line up where's the secret line that starts before the line is actually available all of that kind of information line con um, yes exactly <laughs> you gotta know that stuff right. and you're not gonna know until you go so my advice always is find someone who has been and take them with you if you can <laughs> interesting because that's been always the opposite of my experience which has always been i'm solo and i've got to figure it out on my own so um but we're gonna we're gonna touch back on that with dragon con uh, especially uh but uh edgy what do you think as far as big versus small cons yeah i mean if you if you can be lucky enough to find an old hat to show you around then i don't think there's any reason not to have a big con be your first con although i rather than a big small divide i to me just based on what i've attended it seems like if it's your very first time or you're relatively new you just want to go to a fan run con because the corporate con doesn't care about you they want your money right there's no there's no you know opening opening meeting where they talk about what's going on like there's no you know, fan room screenings. They're just, there's, there's, there's this huge divide between the people putting the convention on and the people attending it versus a fan run con where you are much likely, much more likely to have even pick a random volunteer and they're going to shepherd you through. So even if it's a huge con, if it's a fan run con, I feel like it's a lot more accessible um, than, than one of the bigger corporate cons. That said, uh, I now have a small child and oh my God, some conventions are not family friendly. Like I would never take my child to Otakon um, ever. <laughs> like, I don't know if I would allow them to go to Otakon until their later teens um, <laughs> versus like the Salt Lake, you know, Fanex. They have a kid's room that they're now charging for because they're a big corporate con. But, you know, there, there's definitely, there's, consider who you are if you have a friend who can shepherd you around you're golden go wherever you want if you don't and you have children do some research beforehand <laughs> make sure it's family friendly <laughs> well but that's the thing i think it's kind of indicative of anime cons in general because it tends to skew a little bit younger and there is a sexual tension at anime cons that i have not found it like you can say like at otakon there are people in skimpy outfits and stuff running all around but the tension isn't there like like it's like those like it's a bunch of like teenage or early 20 somethings at an anime con that, you know, either aren't getting laid or are looking to get laid or whatever. And it's just, like, there's this tension there. And it's just like, I've never felt that energy anywhere else. It is, it is a yeah. thing. It is like a, like a hard thing to describe to anyone who hasn't <laughs> been there. There's all sorts of fun stuff going on at anime con. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's all, it's not all like, yeah, you know, it's not all about the sex and stuff, but it's there is that is definitely that tinge to it, that flavor to it that's kind of seeped into it. But it's it. not not about the sex, yeah. Right. A lot of it's about the sex. Yeah. So we're not gonna talk about furry cons. You know? 
<laughs> well, furries show up at anime cons. We actually here in Milwaukee, so Milwaukee, because it's so close to Chicago, actually doesn't have a lot of cons, but we actually have a My Little Pony con. And when my kids were into My Little Pony, uh, you know, we went to the, the they call it um, uh, the Milwaukee Cider Fest because uh, apple cider is one of the things they drink in My Little Pony. And, um, or no, Ponyville Cider Fest, which is in Milwaukee. So, um, so we go there and, and yeah, it's mostly furries. I mean, it's like, <laughs> 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 it was, you know, it was interesting. Get to talk to some of the voice actors. That was cool. And again, it's a very small con. So you get to have a lot of interaction. Like the voice actors actually come out and participate in some of the activities going on and stuff. And I mean, that was really cool. Um, but uh, cause I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, some, some decent names like Tara strong, you know, uh, uh, you know, like people like you've heard of that do lots of voices for lots of different franchises. So, um, but um, missed the year with John Delancey. Though. That was just when my kids were getting out of, of My Little Pony and I couldn't justify going by myself just to meet John Delancey. So, <laughs> but I wanted to meet John Delancey so bad. Um, but anyway, <laughs> all right, Felicity, what do you think about uh, Big versus Small? I would... You know, if you live near a big city, I would check out what you have locally in terms of like, you know, Boston, for example, has a couple of long running general cons. There's Aresia and then which I've been to a handful of times, Boscone, which is a more literary con I've actually never been to. Um, I would start small, but I'm also like your classic introvert. You know, I like being around people, but then I definitely need to go recharge my batteries so i think in terms of you know 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 yourself know what what you're comfortable with definitely if you're going to something like dragon con have a guide my husband is actually one of the people who volunteers to do those newbie chores every year and enjoys it um so yeah check out what resources are there and then kind of gauge your comfort level you know uh if yeah if you are lucky enough to have like a, a local con start there i would i would um i would promote convergence as like a good stepping stone to dragon con because it's very similar in structure uh you know multiple tracks uh multiple interests going on and it is fan run but yeah i would echo what others are saying and say choose a fan run convention not an industry convention. another thing sorry i just i don't know if you're a brand newbie um also just consider volunteering um for your local even if you've never been before you know it's the same as volunteering basically any sort of event you've seen those security people and people check in tickets at you know event centers um they they always need volunteers and that ends up being a really tight-knit family and if you are you know younger and like i was spending all my money on um wigs and <laughs> and and warbler uh you know that that was a great way to get your ticket covered for the convention to kind of take a day and, and wander around and get the, you know, get the lay of the land, see what you're into, but also, you know, take a day and volunteer. No, that's not a bad point. I, although no, you know, like it's like volunteer before you're sure this is something you're interested in. It's kind of like a hard thing to, you know, to see like, yeah, make this commitment and then find out if you're interested in it. But definitely as a way to help people who are struggling financially, like that's that's a great idea because you're right. A lot of times that's that's all you need is if you volunteer when you're not volunteering, you just have the run of the con, you know, to pursue your own interests. So 
Um, it's not a bad idea. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, I, I kind of wanted to talk about strategies because we kind of talked about the fan thing already about fan driven cons. And like, I guess in my own experience, like C2E2 is probably the largest, like sort of corporate con that I've been to. And it's very different from Dragon Con because even though they do have fan panels, like Dragon Con has people actually in charge of that that try to put together the panels and they're encouraging people to come up, speak about your passion, you know, and we'll create, you know, we have this panel idea. And if that's something that you're, you know, you want to talk about, you know, tell us and we'll see if you can, we can fit you in. Whereas with C2E2, it's like, submit your panel idea and who the other panelists will be. And so you have to plan the panel. You have to petition them, ask them, are you okay with this panel and scheduling it in? I'm bringing these people and we're going to talk about, these are our credentials. You have to also sort of give like resumes of everybody and why you would be good to speak on this topic. And it's like, it's taking all the fun out of like, you know, doing a fan panel of making it like, it has to be a very structured, you know, uh, thing that, that, you know, and it's on you as the person to put it all together. And uh, you know, that's just like, it's so different from like Dragon Con, but also like Chicago TARDIS, which is a small con that I go to, which is fan driven where it's like, again, they have, um, certain panels and what they'll do because it's small enough they'll put all the panels like in a list and say like if you're interested you know here's this form you click on you say which ones you're interested in and then they try to put together like you know you know how how many people do they want on a panel and who can they fit in and who's asked to be on how many panels and you know they try to sort all of that um, for you and that you know because they're expecting it to be something that people want to do as part of the experience. And so they're making it easy by managing that the end, that end of it, you know, the, you know, the production side of it, of, of how do we put this together? And they also ask for you to submit ideas, which some of the tracks do at dragon con also of, Hey, submit ideas for panels, topics we might want to talk about. Chicago TARDIS does the same thing. First they ask for ideas, then they put the list out. You know, these are the panels we're going with this year. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think on that side, and as me as someone who primarily goes to do the panels, um, that's, you know, that's what I'm, you know, really interested in. And, and that changes the experience quite a bit, um, for me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so let's talk about strategies. Cause I think, uh, Ali was sort of started talking about that and, um, you know, uh, as far as obviously if you can find someone who's been to a con before, I don't think anyone to dispute that's the best way uh, to sort of prepare for a con. But assuming that you don't know somebody who's been to the con before or, you know, uh, and you don't have that, like, what would you suggest that people do at any con first time going to it to sort of prepare? Um, let's start with you this time, Felicity. Um, I really like the advent of uh, con schedule apps. Those make it really easy, but I would definitely check to see if you're, the con has one of those or at least an online schedule that you could print out. I'm a big planner, so I like to plan. You know, I like to, to mark off what I'm interested in, but then know that you're not going to get to half of those things. You know, be flexible, understand that things are going to come up. You might not be able to get into all the panels. You might, you know, find your new best friends who want to go off and do something else. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good idea to just kind of get an idea of the schedule, 
the way things work, you know, whether you have to line up, you know, in advance or not. Uh, that's sort of, yeah, schedules. I'm, I'm really into schedule grids and schedule apps, uh, particularly. And yeah, also, you know, bear in mind, if you, if you want, if this is a, a con that, you know, invites people to, to be on panels or to submit ideas for panels, check that out. I th I'd say, don't be afraid to do that your first time if you're really passionate about something. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe sit on a, you know, go to a few panels first, uh, see what they're like, uh, you know, see how, you know, see what kind of panels you prefer, do you, what kind of moderation you prefer. There's really a lot of room to, to try out a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, although, yeah, I mean, if you, if you're listening to the 42 cast and hearing this, like basically a panel's like this. And honestly, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with what Felicity's saying. And in fact, I, I should put more of a fine point on it because even the con directors have mentioned this before. There are tons of people who go to Dragon Con that don't realize that they can just ask to be on the fan panels. And so that's yeah. something that I think I should put out there a little more strongly that this is probably true at, at a lot of cons when you see they're, you know, having fan panels. Um, like I say, I mean, there might be some exceptions like C2E2 where like it's a different process, but a lot of these cons, all you have to do is just find the person to talk to. And then you just, you just ask like the volunteers, like, who's the person that I talked to about this and they can point you in the direction and you can get on fan panel. So yeah, if you want to talk about whatever your passion is, that's part of that con, you know, like, uh, there, there's probably an opportunity for that. So yeah. Um, uh, Ali, what about you? What would you say is, uh, as far as preparation is, is a good idea? Um, so in like, I have had literal stress dreams that I have gone to Dragon Con and did not have my schedule planned. <laughs> that is a common stress dream that I have. <laughs> so just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, one of the things I think that is important to remember is that even if you go to a small con, if there are panel rooms, there's going to be choices. And and if you go to a larger con, you're obviously going to have more choices. And, you know, the Dragon Con that I go to is very, very different from the Dragon Con that my cosplaying friend goes to. She goes to wear costumes and to get pictures taken. And I have other friends who go primarily for parties and guest panels. I go primarily for the fan panels and for like the deep dives into science or space or whatever the heck I've decided that I'm going to be really interested in this year. Um, so we all have very, very different Dragon Cons, even though we're all at the same uh, convention the same year. And so whatever convention you choose to have, that's your con. So when you plan it, just commit to that. This is the con that you want to have. And I like Dragon Con has so many options and I have so many interests. It takes me days to figure out what I want to do. And I usually have a, these are my first choices. And then these are the three backup choices. <laughs> because sometimes like Felicity said, you'll find, you'll meet somebody and they want to do something else. And so you'll say, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll do that instead. Or you might actually get to a panel and be like, you know what? I'm just not feeling this one. And I'm gonna get up and go to one of the other options that I had on my schedule. And you know, so uh, for me, it's just remember, it's your convention, it's your time. 
and go do the thing that sounds the most interesting to you, no matter what it is. <laughs> and it's okay to spend your time that way. You paid your money. And so how you want to spend your time for how you spent that money is up to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my, my biggest thing for like how you navigate deciding what to do is to do what it is that you want. Like wherever your heart goes, just go, th go with your heart, follow your heart. <laughs> okay. And um, Angie. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with what everybody has said. Um, if you are a planner, you are a godsend to your friends who are not planners. Um, so make use of that. I would also say if you are super into getting autographs or pictures, um, if that, like, if you just, if, if someone's on that guest list and you have to see them, plan your con around that because it's never a convenient time. It's always on top, like their autograph session is always on top of some big panel that you're going to want to see. You have to, you have to prioritize the things you're not going to get another chance to do that you really want to. Um, I, I like pathologically don't like, I hate getting my picture taken, which I realize is a weird thing for a cosplayer, but, um, so for me, I'm always like, I, I love, I love Salt Lake. I love Fanex because they get the guests that I want to see give a, a talk. The, the guest panels are my favorite thing for conventions and Fanex is just great for them. Um, you know, if you have to sit up front, you might have a harder time, but like, you know, so, so anybody who just wants to hear like, you know, actors or, or, writers directors talk about what they're doing and what's going on it is a great con for it and there is there's tons of those panels that you can watch unfortunately there's so many that a lot of times they'll they'll conflict with each other um but, but I, I guess since i'm the only real big cosplayer here i will speak to if you are going to dress up for a con if you think you want to dress up for a con do it if you if you are concerned about it in any way don't be do it. Um, here's what I will say. Local cons are great for complex costumes, right? When I was growing up, I had to commute to all the conventions, stay in a hotel. I could like the things with huge staves and like mass, like, uh, yeah, yeah. So when I was, when I was very first getting into the scene and I was kind of running into these very nice cosplayers who are now very famous and probably don't remember me. Um, they, they, they had these complex, like just intricate costumes that took up so much space. Like, I think I remember maybe my first con, Yaya Han was there and she was dressed as Yuna in her wedding dress from Final Fantasy X and it took up the entire hallway. And like, you're just not gonna be able to do that if you have taken a plane, a train, a car for hours and are staying in a hotel. Be realistic with what you're doing, right? At, at Fanex, because I can jump on, you know, the city metro and, and, you know, can jump on tracks and get up to the convention center in 15 minutes. Like, I can bring all sorts of props that I never could when I was traveling to a con. So, my best costumes have all been, you know, local. So, just be realistic with what, what, you, what you want to look like versus what you want to do at the convention. I have also had costumes where I literally could not move for hours um, and was not able to leave the hallway to do anything that I wanted. Um, I have also had costumes that due to poor planning on my part, um, I had to abandon and leave the convention for, you know, to go change, basically. So be realistic, especially if you're not 
um, if you're not experienced with costuming, but by all means, dress up. Every like, it, I, I, there's a lot of toxicity on the internet that I think is not representative of what you will see at an actual convention. Um, and the community is extremely, extremely welcoming and extremely positive. Um, so don't be afraid to dress up if you want to. Um, and also, like, lots of us have sewing kits. Like, if you need first aid or help with your costume, there are so many of us that are like, honey, we've been there many, many, many times. Look, I have, here's my sewing kit. Do you need a soldering iron? Like, I I have I have brought a soldering iron to a convention before. So, yeah, uh, it's a really, it's a, it's a really great community. And uh, I would encourage anybody who's interested in that to, to kind of join up with it. Um, you also don't have to be in the freaking cosplay contest, like <laughs> be on a stage that makes me want to vomit. Um, you can just do it for you. You don't have to. And some conventions are great. They'll have hall costume contests where you don't have to put on a skit. You just walk up to them and you're like, Hey, I'm here. My costume's awesome. Score me. Um, so yeah, that's that. Salt Lake doesn't have one of those. It's one of my many problems. With All right. So I'm going to tee up on this because even though I, I mean, I cosplay, but that's because I'm married to a cosplayer because Beth, that is her entire reason for going to cons is for the cosplay. She is one of those people. She will go to the cosplay contests and, and all that stuff. So uh, first point I'm going to say is it is possible to commute and and do a big thing we've done it we had to take two vehicles because beth basically cleared out the minivan for her costume and i'm driving with the kids in a separate car so it is possible you just have to work out the logistics uh to make sure that you've got that um as far I as never uh, give beth costuming advice ever <laughs> i'm not speaking to beth or you <laughs> if you don't know what warbler is i'm talking to you <laughs> But um, but the other thing is uh, that I wanted to mention is, you know, you were talking about like sort of the cosplay community and, 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 you know, like, like the toxicity you see on the internet and things like that and sort of the bad experiences. We never had a bad experience until Beth did her really elaborate costume, which was Alpha Centauri from Doctor Who. And, um, and, uh, a guy just came in and started like hitting like the, cause it's a more, it's a prop slash costume. It's kind of a, you know, cause it's, 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 it's a, it's an alien creature. And so it's got six arms and all that. The person started like trying to like grab off the arm, like as he was walking by. And when I was like, Hey, get away from that. And he was like, you, you shouldn't wear it if you don't want it to be touched or something like that, which was the only time it wasn't sexual in any way. Cause Alpha Centauri doesn't look sexual in any way. You know, you usually hear about bad experiences like that when it's sexual in some way, like where the person's touching in an inappropriate way, but it was just like, I couldn't believe that someone actually made that comment of, you know, don't wear it if you don't want it to be touched. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it happens, but I mean, Beth's been cosplaying for like, 15 years and that's the first time we've had any kind of an incident with her cosplay or, or anyone being negative or mean or bad or anything so i mean it's it is not as common as you know i think that people make it sound that there's like all these bad experiences you know out there um yeah no i i just i think that the internet you know twitter is not real life i know how we always say that but sometimes i think it's easy to get the impression that this is this fraught sort of insular community and i think i've i've found exactly the opposite i think it's been very welcoming um i've, I've never had i've had some kind of questionable experiences especially when i was younger and did not stick up for myself like i should have but um 
you know, that, that culture, I mean, that was the late nineties, like the, the culture itself is also, you know, evolving and recognizing that sort of behavior is inappropriate. So it's a, it's a really, it's a really good community these days, I think. Hmm. All right, Ryan, um, what about you preparation, <laughs> you know, and, and things that people should think about? Yeah. I mean, I'm really for the most part, I'm just going to echo what everyone else has said. Um, yeah. You do your research, you know, uh, we have social media now, like when in the nineties, it didn't exist like this. So find the Facebook groups, find the discord, find whatever, and, uh, just get in touch with people before you go. Um, it's going to save you so much trouble and, and it'll give you something to look forward to when you see this person you've been chatting with online, you know, for weeks or months, uh, and you get to meet them in real life. That's always a fun experience. Like I met well. Angie at Otakon. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if, if I go through my Facebook friends list, I would say like a third of them are people I met at DragonCon, you know, um, or through social media, through for DragonCon. Um, but yeah, and you're, you're going to pick up on, because I mean, we're, we're this, this whole podcast, this whole conversation is about you know, newbies, about people who've never really done it before. And you're going to pick up on, the things that we take for granted, the lingo we take for granted. I mean, we're talking about cosplay and, you know, cosplay is not consent. That's a whole big thing. You see someone in a, in a, um, outfit you like, obviously don't go grab their butt, but also ask before you take the photo, you know, uh, you know, make sure it's cool with them. Make sure they're not, you know, stuffing their face or, or they, that it's not presentable to a degree that they want. Um, you know, stuff like that. Although, I mean, you know, I've, I've seen, I've, there, I've seen people in the food courts, which I would have loved. Like I saw this killer joker and I wanted, I was like, man, can I take your photo while you're eating that burger? It would be the most awesome thing ever. But you know, you don't do it. You'd let people eat for God's sake. Sorry. Oh, I, I, also I have to interject because this, I'm so sorry. This is the funniest thing. That's like, well, my husband wouldn't agree. My husband is not a cosplayer and, um, <laughs> I, I made him dress up with me. As some characters from black butler once not realizing because i had been out of the anime community for a little while not realizing just how freaking popular that show is with tweens <laughs> and um so he went as the butler and before we even got in line he was assaulted by like 15 12 year old girls <laughs> did not know what to do but when we were in the food court, he comes, he's coming back holding four hot dogs. And some guy is just like, my kids love that show. Like, can I get to it? And she's like snapping pictures and Chris is just like holding food. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with this? Sorry. Yes. Ask first. And, and yeah. don't, yeah, don't do it every, in the food court. <laughs> yeah. Every cosplayer has that story, you know, of, uh, yeah, that just, it's just not the best time for them. This is obviously you've put hours and hours in, of work into it. You you want it to look good. You want to be ready, you know, but which is not to say like candid shots aren't awesome in their own way, but like, no, <laughs> you know, if you can't ask oh, by all means. Ask. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's something that, you know, has kind of become more nuanced over time because I mean, yeah. it still surprises me that somebody would just take a photo of somebody without asking. Cause that always just seemed understood, but certainly like if I was far away from somebody and they were across the room, there was no way I was going to run up and yeah, catch them. Yeah, I yeah. certainly took pictures in the past of like, you know, from far away of just like, this looks so awesome, but there's no way I can get to that person. Um, you know, yeah. and so it's one of those things that there, I think there are some judgment calls and, and whatnot to make and you'd be doing a crowd scene. I chased someone through the Marriott to get a picture. <laughs> it was a, yeah. he was, he was dressed specifically 
as a My Chemical Romance band member. Uh-uh. <laughs> he looked exactly <laughs> like the guy. He's from the Black Parade. Um, that's not a costume that I would see commonly. So I was like, I was on the second floor and I saw him on the bottom of the lobby. <laughs> I hauled it. But I ran and I got that picture. Yeah. And I, of course I asked because I had chased him for so long. <laughs> So my niche, like, at least with anime cons, because even though I don't make the costumes, I, my wife makes the costumes, has always been minor characters from popular series. And that always gets people so excited because it's like, I never see... So I did Moonlight Night as my first character uh, from Sailor Moon. My God, was I not prepared for the amount of attention I was going to get at Otakon. And, like, literally, like, people talk about cosplay is not consent and about how, like, you know, it's always... a woman they're talking about and somebody like touching them inappropriately oh my god like women would come at me from behind and just grab me and i'm just like whoa what's going on here you know it's like i mean it was never something that i felt super bad about but at the same time it's kind of shocking you know like that somebody would just grab you without asking without saying without anything you know like I would give out the white rose. Like I had a bunch of plastic white roses that I would have in my sleeve that I would give out to people who knew who I was. Cause that was the other thing though, dressing up as moonlight night. If you know what that character looks like, there are people who are like, are you, are you supposed to be a terrorist? Is that what your costume is? You know, like stuff like that. No, no, I'm not a terrorist. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'd give out the white roses to people who knew who I was, but yeah, no, it was, it's definitely an experience getting that kind of attention. <laughs> You know, playing that character. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know how common this, I'm assuming it's pretty common everywhere these days. Um, back when I was first starting out, it wasn't, but they do um, cosplay meetups now in um, the cons where uh, you can meet up with, you know, they'll have just everybody at the con who's dressed in from a certain franchise or whatever um, can, can go and have a meetup in a certain place and get a big group picture um so if you are solo at a convention that's actually a really great place to meet people um yeah some of my facebook friends um we my husband and i dressed up as characters from an indie video game um and we (laughs) we just randomly ran into other characters from that same game and they're still you know we still talk with them and stuff on you know it there there's something that's very especially if you're introverted and kind of shy meeting new people there's something so freeing about knowing you already have that thing in common before you ever say a word. Um, And especially, Nathan, you mentioned going as more minor characters. That's kind of my shtick, too. And it has backfired in the past. Like, I dressed up as a character that everybody thought was Philia from uh, Slayers, which incensed me at the time. But but when people (laughs) recognize you as a minor character, um, they're so excited and they're so happy about it. Like, I just, those are my most positive con experiences where people see you as a character that nobody really dresses up as and they're so excited about it that you share that fandom with them so i guess really just to say like if you want to dress up as anything please do it like it's it's such a great experience to have that shared experience with with everybody else in in the convention it's it's a great unifier I'm sorry. Did you have anything else to say, Ryan? As far as uh, as as uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like tips or anything? No, no, no. I mean, yes, <laughs> uh, but obviously, like, yeah. Um, just again, just uh, talk of Dragon Con, but you're talking about dressing up as whatever you want. You know, there are people who dress up as the hotels. I mean, uh, yes. they, just whatever you can think of. You know, Marriott carpet. 
Yeah, Peach exactly. Um, or if you want to like gender bend anything, whatever. Yeah, the, the streets. Yeah, I mean, um, just whatever, whatever you. As a matter of fact, I think there's kind of just this vibe to the. You'll see the, the best poison ivy, Harley Quinn. Then you're the most esoteric, you know, uh, creation of like you had just had or, or mashup ever. Um, like uh, uh, there's there's this. Go for it. <laughs> I love mashups, and I wish I could think of clever mashups. Mm. <laughs> Say that I, I remember seeing a. Um, uh, it was a Star Trek Avengers mashup. So it was like this dude who was like Captain Picard, America. I don't know, but I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was brilliant. You know, I mean, yeah. So yeah, do it. Do what you're whatever you can think of. But um, outside of cosplay, yeah, I do have a couple other tips. You know, um, definitely use the app if for no other reason because things change when you're at a con, especially if it's a multi-day con. Guests uh, can't make it, or there are new guests, or panels get swapped, or or whatever. So the app is the most up-to-date thing. At Dragon Con, there's also if for whatever reason you don't use the app, or because you can't get signal in the basement of the Marriott or the Hyatt. Um, they have the Daily Dragon, which is a, a little newsletter that they put out every morning. Grab one of those. Um, but use the app. I mean, I'm, I'm old school. I will still pull out that grid and highlighter. I use the highlighter um, to highlight what panels I want to go to But um, and do the app. I do both. Uh, I do, I do the, the grid with the highlighter in the morning. And then at night when I'm trying to sleep, I'm going through the app for tomorrow or the next day to figure out uh, what I want. But um, I would say like the, the two most important things I would suggest or um, if you're doing a multi-day con, you got to find time to eat. You got to find time to sleep and you got to find time to, you know, take care of yourself like hygiene wise and everything else. Um, those are fundamentally important. It will affect your enjoyment because people think, Oh, I can do it. Uh, you know, it's just the first day. I don't need any sleep. I, I can skip the meal and everything. And maybe the first day you can get away with that, but it will catch up with you. It'll kick your butt. So always do those. And, um, this is going to sound like a really weird thing, but like if you ever, if this is your first con and you're meeting a celebrity, especially if you're meeting a celebrity at a, a celebrity panel and there's a thousand people in the room, um, ponder your question carefully because, you know, if you just want to ask them, what's your favorite scene or what's the most fun thing? What, were there any practical jokes? Like if you're 12, that's fine. But like, um, yeah. you know, uh, otherwise ponder, ponder your question carefully. It's, don't do anything uncomfortable. Don't do anything that, like run it by someone first um, because yeah. I feel a, like there's a story yeah. here for Ryan to tell uh, embedded within this advice. There, there, is, I, there, is it about Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's, Ryan's rivalry with Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> he knows what he did at multiple cons. You know? And like, if there were like a thousand people between me and him, oh, we would have had words. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a personal story, just things I have observed many, many times. You know? yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it in a lot of other cons, but Dragon Con, um, now they have you pre-ask your question to the volunteer yeah. holding the microphone. <laughs> and I know that because I have run the mic. And, um, and so they've got someone who's kind of like filtering. And one of the things they're filtering for is... This is more of a comment than a question. Oh, yeah. Um, Don't do that ever. No one wants to hear your comment. If you have a comment, go stand in line at their autograph table and tell it to them then. Um, Particularly if it's in a huge ballroom, 
like if it's a very very small room like a hundred people maybe you can get away with that <laughs> but but in a big room don't comment no question um but i did want to ask because uh, about the like eating and things have has anyone else who's gone to dragon con heard of the three two one dragon con rules yeah <laughs> So for anyone who is not familiar, that's three hours of sleep, two meals, and one shower. <laughs> that's your minimum. Minimum, minimum self-care for any convention per day, three hours of sleep, two meals, one shower. All right. So I want to tee up on a few things here because I think, I mean, especially since I have to travel, you know, so far to, to get to cons, usually that my experience is a little different and the things that I would tell people to like watch out for and warrant, you know, uh, are, are a little bit different. So number one, the thing that I don't think anyone's brought up is figure out your parking situation before you arrive. This is huge. This is huge. And I say this is someone who's tried to go to Otakon multiple years and found that every single parking structure in the city is full. <laughs> so <laughs> figure out your parking situation because it is it can get complex it can get difficult like hopefully you're at a hotel where they'll you know where they will put your car up but then that's not guaranteed at every city and in some cases it's like if you're before check-in time at the hotel they won't park your car and so you got to figure out where you're parking your car until you can take it to the hotel and have them park it so definitely figure out all the rules around parking and how how you're going to do that or whatever your transportation is i know a lot of people at dragon con park far away from the con because they can get you know a better hotel or whatever and and transport in but having lived grown up somewhere rural i have never taken public transportation anywhere in my life I've tried to figure out that whole thing and I'm like, it looks too complicated and I don't want to go the wrong way or get lost or whatever. So I stay close to the con. It's pricier. So anyway, it's, it's just a consideration, something for people to pay attention to. Uh, make sure you figure that out. Now, everybody's talked about making sure that you eat, but part of that is figuring out where to eat, which is another problem. Like Dragon Con is very easy because there's huge food court, lots of options. You're not going to have a problem. But I have been at cons where they are within one fixed location. They have like a little cafe within the convention center or whatever. It's sold out. It sells out of food because there's too many people eating there. So figure out where the local restaurants are that you can walk to, especially if you're in cosplay. Another consideration. Do you want to be walking around town in your cosplay um, and make sure that you've, you know, you know, accounted for that, where you're going to eat, where you're going to find food and all that. Cause yes, it is important that you eat. Um, and load up on snacks. <laughs> I have a, my backpack is always filled with snacks. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And that's one of the things that I decided with dragon con this last mm -hmm. year was I would eat out for dinner, but I actually just packed my own lunch so that mm -hmm. way i saved myself time because even though there is the food court and there is plenty of food available you have to take the time to go there waiting a long line and everything else and so you know i saved that for for just like a dinner meal and brought like my own lunch with me just so it would be more efficient so i mean again yeah plan all that stuff out find, yeah. find out another too. case of know thyself you know if you're someone who yeah. gets hangry make sure you have snacks on you I, I have noticed um, food truck. There's there's a lot of food truck presence at our cons here in Salt Lake. I don't know if that like there's a lot of food trucks everywhere in Salt Lake in general. 
Um, so I don't know if that's kind of across the country, but I have noticed even our tiny one day cons here, there's food trucks parked up front. Yeah, I've seen um, I've so, seen city cons or you know even Gallifrey at uh, LAX Marriott has started bringing food trucks. Hmm. I've never seen a food truck at a con. <laughs> Dragon Con has them now. Phoenix Comic, uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion has them now. Because I was there the last year they had Dragon Con. I didn't see a single food truck. They were at the Sheraton. But you don't take public transit. Maybe uh, you just missed them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, yeah, the thing is Dragon Con sprawls across like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. a huge portion of the city. So there might have been a food truck that I just <laughs> never <laughs> saw. But it certainly wasn't like every building that the con is held in. There's a food truck outside of it because, uh, you know, that that I didn't see one. But um, but yeah, another thing that I would mention is you. Uh, so like Angie was talking about, because, you know, I, I like I said, I go for the fan panels. I also go for the celebrities. Um you know, Angie was talking about planning around the celebrity. Here's the thing. Not all cons give a schedule for when the celebrity is going to be there. And this can be a problem. Um, you know, this is where actually I think the corporate ones actually do better because they usually will have a fixed schedule. And in fact, when you buy the ticket to have the autograph or whatever, they will usually say like, which of the like blocks are you going to get that autograph in? Whereas something like Dragon Con, it's the Wild West. You can show up in that room where the celebrities are. Some of them put up their schedule. They'll have like a little thing where they'll be like, I'll be here these hours. Some celebrities don't have that. You just have to keep going in there to see when is the, is the celebrity here right now? Are they not? You know, who knows? They, they show up when they feel like it. Um, so that that is kind of a difficult thing because then if you're trying to plan around meeting a certain person and that's a person that's whose schedule is unknown, um, you know, it it's, can get kind of difficult. There's another, there's another plug to volunteer. Uh, oh, yeah. If you volunteer, mm-hmm. you are going to have access to know. So if that's important to you, consider volunteering, um, you know, for the convention. Even if you don't, I, I know at Salt Lake, um, they don't, <laughs> it's so stupid. The hierarchy of who is allowed to have any sort of access to their talent is uh, dumb beyond belief. But even if you're essentially being a volunteer gives you access to the volunteer room, which gives you access to the schedule and everybody talking about the schedule. So if you're, if you don't know when someone might be around and it is important to you, those volunteers are are your best friends. They will tell you. <laughs> I, I've had the same experience at Dragon Con asking a volunteer when so and so would be there. They they're not going to know the whole weekend, but they usually know that day, like what time they'll be back that day. Now they can get delayed, particularly at Dragon Con, because the foot traffic is just sometimes a nightmare so maybe they can't actually get back on time <laughs> or maybe they were getting a meal and so it took them longer um but they're usually pretty close to whatever time a volunteer has told me um so that's that's a hot tip for you if you have going to the walk of fame trying to find somebody and they're not there just ask a volunteer and also because Frequently, the line will start appearing shortly after other people have been told they're going to be there. <laughs> so ask somebody in that line too, because they're probably going to know. They, you know, they asked as well, or um, the guest mentioned it in their Q and A that morning um, that they were going to be there back at their table at one. 
Um, That's fair. I mean, and the other piece of advice I'd give for Dragon Con, especially because it's a four day con instead of a three day con, is that Labor Day often gets overlooked for the walk of fame. Now, you got to be careful because some guests don't show up for that Monday and they've already left. But if you find out that a guest is going to be there on Monday, that's and you want to have a conversation with them. That is your best bet. Go on the Monday because the lines tend to be much smaller you know, fewer people are in the room and like I had a, like a 20 minute conversation with David Hewitt um, because there was nobody in the line at the time <laughs> that I came up on a Monday and it was great. We were just talking about stuff, you know, like and he, you know, because he has a, a kid. He was talking to my kids. He's talking to them about Minecraft and stuff. And it was, you know, it was really cool because like he knew like about what they were into, too. And so like as a family, we had like a really nice conversation with him. And that was, you know, that's one of like my great fan experiences, you know, at a con was, you know, spending time with, you know, the greatest overall Stargate character. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the other piece of advice I got <laughs> Ali is shaking her head no, but you know, Rodney <laughs> McKay is amazing. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, everybody's talked about the schedule and I, I agree, uh, you know, back in the day, it used to be, you had to wait to get a con book at the actual con itself. Then I, you know, go to your like hotel room and like quickly, like sort of figure out like the order of things now. So it's a lot better now because you can get these apps that usually, you know, a week or so before the con, you get the schedule and everything like, I I plan out the whole thing. Like with Dragon Con, it takes a whole day because to like go through everything is like takes forever. But like figure out this is what I'm gonna do, the walk of fame. If I'm gonna do the dealer's room, this is what I'm gonna do it, this is what I'm gonna eat. You know, I figure out the whole thing ahead of time so that, that way I could because Dragon Con is so big. It's going to be super inefficient if you don't do it. Like, like you're going to miss all kinds of stuff if you don't just plan everything out. Um, so I would say, especially with Dragon Con, like it's even more important than any other con is to just plan everything out. I mean, I, I get super meticulous. This is why I have stress dreams about it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know, other cons, because they're not as big, you know, it's maybe not as big, you know, a big a deal, but I still tend to plan things out. You know, uh, uh, it's just like I might have more like open time, you know, in the schedule of there's nothing really in particular I want to do. So this is my time to just sort of hang out, you know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, with Dragon Con, I plan so extensively just to make sure that I get as much squeeze. And also, though, I don't get to go every year. So that's the other side of it. When I go, it means I want to squeeze as much out of Dragon Con as I can possibly do. So I definitely think for that con, that is that is a big thing to do, the planning up front. But um, but yeah, so um, you know, we're going we're going fairly long here now, but <laughs> I did want to at least get like what is a fan experience at a con that you've had? You know, I mentioned the one with David Hewitt you know, that I had that was, you know, really great. Um, but what's like a fan experience you've had at a con that was like this, this is like sort of encapsulates why I go to cons is this, this thing that happened and you might have multiples, but we only have time for like one. Um, so who's got one that they can say right off the cuff. All right, Felicity, let's start with you. I have an anecdote that spans over 20 years, but uh, at that, at Visions 96, which I said was my first, kind of adult con that I traveled to. Um, I had some online friends who I planned to get together with and we we wore, we made a plan to wear Renfair garb and get our pictures taken with Colin Baker. 
So we all, you know, we all dressed up, you know, squeezed our boobs into these things, uh, walked up to him and he said, Buxom Wench is approaching. And after we're, after we got the picture taken, and this was this was the day when it was free, you would just hand someone your camera and they would take a snapshot. He asked afterward if he could call us his bosom friends. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, I, I saw Colin at at a a small con in the Baltimore area, and I actually had a printout made of this this photo and took it up to him to have him sign it. I went up to him and said, you know, we came up to you and you said, Bucks and Munch is approaching. He said, what a charming fellow I was back then. <laughs> so <laughs> not only was it, was it fun to relive that, but he was, you know, we've all grown a lot since then. <laughs> it was just, it was nice to kind of put a, put a cap on that experience. Um, yeah, that's my story. Yeah, Colin's a lot of fun. He sort of leans into like like how his doctor is perceived and everything. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, when I met him, I said like, it's a real honor to meet you. And he said, yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> like, That's great. So, yeah, he's always been a great guest. Yeah. All right. Um, Angie, what about you? Oh, um, Oh, well, okay. I have a word of warning and a fun fan experience. Um, what the the word of warning is: if you are a geek on the DL, uh, as I tend to try to be, I don't like to mix my work life with my rampant nerdery. Um, be careful uh, because the conventions can use any images of you taken for promotional materials. So you may, as I was. Uh, end up on the billboard advertising the convention in your hometown. Um, that was fun to explain to my boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just so photogenic, Angie. I mean, that's your fault. <laughs> anyway, uh, my my favorite fan experience, um, this is way, way, way back at Otakon, um, I don't know, like 2001 or two. And uh, it was one of my very first costumes when my mom was still helping me make them. And I dressed up as Millie from Trigun. And I met a con boyfriend who was dressed as Vash. Um, So we were wandering around the con together. And uh, that year, um, Yasuhiro Naitao happened to be there. And his, uh, we were just wandering around the convention and were approached by his translator uh, because he wanted a picture of us. So somewhere in Trigon's creator's digital archives is a photo of me cosplaying one of his characters. And that was, that was pretty cool. That is cool. We were actually, cause um, <laughs> Beth and I, uh, she was um, Neo Queen Serenity. And uh, I can't remember if I was Tuxedo Mask or King Endymion that day. But anyway, um, uh, Yoko Ishida, who did the ending song for Sailor Moon R, um, had like uh, a person uh, with a video camera and had him videotape us and wanted us to give comments to you, like to say something as fans to Yoko Ishida to, you know, say like, you know, like, hey, you know, like, uh, welcome to America, whatever. I don't remember what we said, but, you know, like something like that. And she actually invited Beth up when she was doing like para para dance like stuff on the stage and like she was taking people up from the 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 stage so that was a pretty cool thing that we had go on with that but uh it's kind of similar um but uh but yeah so um ali what about you 
Uh, so mine's actually pretty recent. And so I worked with the Stargate track for a number of years mm -hmm. and um, I did some things where um, I was helping with <clears throat> getting like signatures on, on um, things that were going to be auctioned off and things like that. So I had a lot of backstage access. So I, but I, I've had a lot of very good experiences and a lot of great stories, but this one is, is a sort of a weirder one that is, post all of that it was actually just in 2019 and i was meeting david blue for the first time and i went <laughs> up to him david blue from stargate universe i went up to him and and he said i recognize you and i said that's not the way this works <laughs> <laughs> and and he was like no i recognize you so like I, I must have met you before i said i've never met you before and so he's trying to go through that and then i suddenly realized that he is from florida and that he went to college in Florida. And I went to college in Florida. <laughs> There's not a lot of necessarily large universities in Florida. Um, so I was like, so we figured <laughs> out that we went to the same college. And, and he said, uh, do you feel comfortable sharing your age? <laughs> I said, sure. And so I told him my age. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we were there at the same time. Um, so apparently we went to college together and I don't remember this. <laughs> so then we spent the rest of the, the interaction trying to figure out how we possibly knew each other in college. And he turns, and then he turns and he's just, you know, cause his, his line's not too large. So he just turns and it's like, starts telling everybody about um, this very small pizzeria that he was a delivery boy for. And like this very questionable uh, delivery system that they had that possibly involved some illegal things going on. And I'm just sitting there nodding like, yeah, that is, I do remember that pizzeria. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, it was, it was a wild, wild experience. And then I spent the rest of the weekend trying to figure out how we possibly knew each other and never figured it out. <laughs> Nice. But yeah, that was that was a fun, very fun Dragon Con experience. <laughs> wow. Um, so now you have like degrees of separation from other Hollywood people through that connection. <laughs> yeah, but no idea where that connection started. Like yeah. we were both, we we're like we were in the honors college, but he hadn't lived on campus and I had lived on campus. Like we could not just could not figure out exactly, but we must have had either a friend in common or maybe we were in some class together. I don't know. <laughs> that is very cool, though. Um, Ryan, what about you? Is this going to be a Lou Ferrigno story? No, it, it, <laughs> it, it should be, but no. If you want to hear my Lou Ferrigno You've story, already told those before in previous episodes. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're in other episodes. But, I mean, and, and I'm not going to guarantee this is going to happen to you. Um, but, like, every year, like you should simultaneously be afraid of the elevators at dragon con and also kind of look forward to them um, because stuff happens in those elevators. Um, every year, my very first dragon con, I was in an elevator with, sorry, Nathan, John Delancey. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've, I've taken elevators up with um, Jamie Bamber, um, who, who was totally giving uh, a Battlestar Galactica cosplayer grief about his costume. It was the best. <laughs> I uh, took an elevator up with the entire uh, cast of the guild. Um, I've, I've, I, I, if I sat here and thought 
took my time thinking about it. I mean, every year, I'm sure I end up being in an elevator with someone, uh, some celebrity or the other. But um, my wife, uh, she had breakfast with Edward James almost, you know, or she sat same. She had breakfast with him, but she sat at the same table uh, as him. And um, the my friend uh, went to the exercise room uh, with, with again with Jamie Bamber. I, I think this was right after he played Fat Apollo. Maybe he had a complex or something like that. So she went to the hotel exercise room, and there he was on a treadmill. And so she got up on the one right next to him. You know, so I mean, just just be open to uh, the possibility. No guarantee, but the possibility that stuff like that's going to happen. But um, for me, honestly, all that's going could conceivably happen. But also. Some of my favorite memories are like being dragged, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but bear with me, being dragged up to like, you know, so, so some people I just met, you know, a group of six of us going up to some hotel room, uh, some people we just met to play games. Like the very first time I ever played Munchkin, like the year after it came out, I'd never heard of it. And these people I, we just met say, yeah, you got to play this game. It's called Munchkin. We got it back up in the room. Come on, we'll go play. And like, you know, that sounds kind of skeevy, but yeah, we stayed up to like 4 a.m. playing Munchkin, you know? And I mean, every, even the smaller cons I, I, I played, you're, you're gonna, if you're into games, if you're into just like meeting new people uh, and having friends, like don't ignore the game rooms. Don't ignore uh, um, the poorly called Hall of Virgins and stuff like that. Uh, Halls of Virgins, I guess. But um, because yeah, it's, you're going to meet some great people there and have great memories. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the even though I've mentioned a few stories now, the, the absolute best, the best experience I ever had was actually at Animazement, which was my first con that I went to, like sort of on my own power. And I was kind of by myself. I knew some people online who were going to be there. So I did kind of meet some people, but I didn't have anybody with me, really. Um, and there was a dub your own anime thing where people mm -hmm. were just coming in and sort of dubbing lines. Um, and... It was a show called Voogie's Angels, which I've never seen, but it's your typical anime thing of five characters with like, you know, five different like ships. And even though I don't think they form up into a giant robot, they should. So the line was that, that you know, they pulled me, raise your hands and they pull you up to do lines. And so the line was supposed to be save us angels, please. And up to this point, everybody had just been doing their lines straight. And I'm like, that's no fun. So I went up and I said, save us Voltron, please. The crowd erupted. There were there were a couple of cosplayers dressed as Carrot Glaze from Sorcerer Hunters who started bowing down, saying, "We're not worthy." Um, you know, there was. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the greatest experience because again, it's like, you know, as, 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 you know, someone who's like a, a frustrated, you know, like theater kid who, who never went into the thing that I would have enjoyed because I was too practical, um, you know, like getting that energy from an audience is like really like exciting. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was, um, you know, that was, that was so much fun. <laughs> and that was the con that I had so much great time because like one of the voice actresses gave me a hug. Um, uh, like one of the voice actresses, I said, like, I'm such a big fan. And she said, no, I'm such a big fan of yours. Cause she had been at the dub your own anime thing. And it was just fun. Cause you had that little inter interaction too. So um, that, that's sort of like my all time high uh, experience at a con. But again, that's, that was a small con. That was a, that was a smaller one where you can have like a lot more of that, you know, interaction and, and people even recognize you from like, Oh yeah, I was in that panel and that was great, you know, kind of thing. So um, that was, that was a lot of fun. 
but uh but yeah I, i'm sure we could talk about con experiences for quite a while but uh but we're uh you know we've gone a little bit long here and uh so it's time to wrap things up um as we as we say our goodbyes if there's like one piece of advice that you didn't think of when you were giving advice or whatever or just some shout out you want to give the the do that too but uh let's start with um ryan uh, say your goodbyes let people know where they can find you um so all right so you meant last piece of advice you mentioned uh uh, walk of fame on monday dealer's room on monday at dragon con mm. you can uh yeah i mean you're you're risking not finding what you're looking for but if you do find it you might get a really good deal on it that's any um, con though i would say that that yeah. extends to just about any yeah. con last day is the day to go to the dealer's room if you Absolutely. want deals versus selection yeah but to that end i don't know if this is this is getting better and better but like at least with dragon con if you need cash, get it early. The ATMs will run out of money uh, within a day or two. Um, and then you're really stuck. Although like, you know, more, more and more people are accepting cards now and so forth. But sometimes, sometimes you can get a, even a better deal if you're willing to pay cash. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, um, find me at DragonCon at Labor Day weekend. Um, I'll probably be wearing a mask, but I won't be in cosplay. Um, uh, you can find me. Are you, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, check out my website, which I am completely ignoring, geekstranger.com. Uh, I like getting emails saying that I, I've got a new view, you know, so that's neat, you know. Um, I think even my mother's given up on checking it out. So, yeah, check that out. Otherwise, uh, I, I hang out on, I stalk people on Facebook and pop up every now and then and uh, just try and really annoy people as best I can. Yeah, if you wait another month or so, Ryan, I'll have been a whole. Oh wait, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm wrong. It's already been well over a two, year since. Two, three, three, two. No, 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 because no, it was just before since the 2019 Dragon Con. The last time you updated was just before Dragon Con yeah. 2019. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I keep thinking this is the next Dragon Con, but it is the next Dragon Con. But if we had a we had a skipped year, so that's why yeah, it's well over a year since you've even updated I mean, that website. You're, you're not wrong, but no, I'm sorry, 2020 doesn't count. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of masks, that was the one thing I wanted to tee up on from what Angie said before. This is why all my cosplays have masks. Gloves. Doesn't Gloves. matter if, if they you... use your image. <laughs> uh, no, for real. You will not get con crud if all of your cosplays involve oh, gloves. Mm. Gloves are your friend. <laughs> That's also not a bad piece of advice. But so, yeah. Angie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Uh, in lieu of that, I will say, if you were at Gen Con circa 2012 and you stole my freaking frying pan, I am coming for you. I made that thing. I got it signed by Tracy Hickman. I hate you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all. Yeah, I want to know who took my my business card case at DragonCon 2019. It's got my business cards with my contact information, so they literally took it because <laughs> all they had to do was look at it, never showed up in Lost and Found or anything, and it's like, why would you keep my business card case? I mean, it was geeky, but it was related to Gundam, so, you know, odds are that whoever took it didn't even, like, wasn't even a fan, so I don't know. It was, it was weird, but anyway... Uh, uh ali you want you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you um one of my things is related to being on fan panels um don't let it intimidate you 
Uh, I was once on a fan panel about time travel with two PhD astrophysicists. So it was me with my Master's of Fine Arts in fiction writing and two PhD astrophysicists. And it was a great time, quite honestly. <laughs> um, That's one of my favorite panels that, I, that I've been on. And, you know, they pitched me uh, questions that I could answer from a storytelling perspective. And, um, and they both were very good at explaining uh, theoretical astrophysics <laughs> at a very basic level. And it was a really fantastic panel. So like, don't be intimidated by the people who are on the panel with you or feel like you don't belong. Um, I've also been on panels with authors who have like 30 ridiculous books published. I mean, like just a huge, huge publishing career. And I'm over here and I have zero books published. Um, but everyone treated me with the same respect, like I had authority on the on the subject. It's also a time travel panel, actually. <laughs> um, so if you want to hear more about me talking about time travel, <laughs> apparently, um, I've got a website. It's AllieMartin.com. That's A-L-L-I-M-A-R-T-I-N. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Self-Winding. All right. Yeah. Um, I think scientists who go to cons kind of know like what they're getting into anyway. Like I've had Dr. Erin McDonald on the show. Uh, she's one of the regulars at Dragon Con and she's super cool. You know, she she's actually the advisor to Star Trek, uh, the entire franchise for science uh, type stuff. So she was on the panel with me. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's... Uh, she's wonderful. I love her. Yeah, she, she's really cool. Um, but, um, all right. So, Felicity, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Um, I'm affiliated with the Flopcast. That's at flopcast.net. Um, I'm not one of the regular co-hosts, but I make occasional appearances. I also do the social media. So, on Twitter, it's at Flopcast. And on Instagram, I'm at Felicity Flops. And I will be at Dragon Con. If there's a ESO network meetup, I'll probably be there. And also generally hanging around mostly the American sci-fi classics track. All right. Well, Felicity, Allie, Angie, and Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And that's it for our convention discussion. One thing that's come up since we actually recorded that episode, even though it wasn't that long ago that we recorded it, is that Dragon Con will require vaccination status or a negative COVID test for all members attending the con. And I'm hearing more and more about that happening. Chicago TARDIS, which is my home con, is also doing the same thing. So I think we're going to see that that's something moving forward, as long as the coronavirus is still with us, that we'll see those requirements. So it is good in a way. I mean, it's bad in one way that we're still dealing with the virus this far, you know, after, you know, March 2020. But it's good also that a lot of cons are taking it seriously and are putting in measures to make sure that everyone that attends the con is safe and can enjoy themselves. So we'll have to see how that goes. But, you know, like I mentioned in the show, it's exciting that we have con season back and that people can attend cons and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully we'll hear just good things coming from con experiences. And, uh, you know, we won't hear anything about COVID or anything like that, any spreader events or anything, but we'll monitor the situation as it continues. But with all that said, how did you like the episode? We want to know. You can let us know in a whole lot of different ways. One way is to go to our website at 42cast.com and leave us reviews on any of our episodes. 
You can email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can also go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also tweet to us at 42cast or go on our Instagram at 42cast and leave us feedback there. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. We definitely appreciate the ones on Apple Podcasts because they actually elevate our rank in like searches so that the more reviews that we have, the more likely the show is to come up on a search. So that would definitely be a help if you haven't let, let, left a review on Apple Podcasts before and you have an account with Apple. Would definitely appreciate you leaving that review. Another thing that I did want to mention, though, is that we are on Amazon Music now. So although if you're listening to this, you already have your own platform. Already, if you know anyone who, you know, listens through Amazon Music to podcasts, you might want to mention the 42 cast. Also, Time Streams is available on Amazon Music, so you can plug that as well if you want to. I also want to mention the ESO Network Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash ESO Network. You can look at the different tiers there. It's a way of helping all the shows on the network. You get access to some early episodes, some exclusive episodes, and with one tier, you get access to a whole exclusive podcast that's only available for patrons of the ESO Network. So check that out. If you're able to contribute some funds, we definitely appreciate it. I also want to plug my other podcast. I already mentioned Time Streams, but what that is, is that's where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to watch the episodes. It's definitely recommended if you can, but I know how hard it is to get a hold of classic Who episodes in the United States. So if you want to just listen to us and our banter, that's fine, because we actually explain everything you need to know about the episode in the podcast. That's the whole reason we did it that way. We did that format is that I didn't want to leave anyone behind. So check that out if that sounds like something you'd be interested in. The other podcast is Legendary Forces where Juliet and I again, but also with Joe Heath, Ashley Pauls, and Corinne Vitek are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from 1976 onwards. So again, going back to the very beginning, but what we're doing is we're looking at it more from the standpoint of how the understanding of Star Wars has evolved over time. So where with time streams, we're just doing the TV show of Doctor Who, we're not pulling in any expanded media, We're just talking about the one thing that is legitimately considered canon in Doctor Who. And instead, with Star Wars, we're looking at everything fictional. All fictional media, TV, movies, books, comics, anything fictional media with Star Wars, we're looking at. So you can check that out. We basically talk about the context of all of this stuff, whether it's worth you checking out. And it's a lot of fun. So that's, again, that's Legendary Forces. And like I mentioned a little bit ago, Chicago TARDIS is putting in protocols to keep people safe. So I think that unless something greatly changes between now and the end of November, that my whole family will be in attendance. But I will keep you all updated. Probably still going to sit out C2E2 this year. I haven't heard anything about them uh, putting in any protocols in place. But even if they do, it's so close to Chicago TARDIS. And with everything going on, I think we can wait out C2E2 another year. But I'll let you know that too if that changes. But with all that being said, we're now at the end of the episode, and this time for sure, join us back next week when Scarlett Johansson will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan, signing off. The 
You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2021. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42 cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42 Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.